can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. I was on Hinge and this guy <laughs> liked my profile and he was just too good looking. Like, just too good looking. Like, I looked at him and was like, um, absolutely not. He was six foot three. Mm, good height. Stunning. Stunning. Yeah. And I zoomed in on his face and I was like, yep, that's that's a Joe type, mm. 100% a Joe type. And so the, I said to him, this is going to sound weird, but I sent your profile to my friend Joe because I think you guys look like a good match. You should slide into her DMs. And then I wrote at Joanna Fleming. And his response was, wow, being pawned off straight away, lol. <laughs> <laughs> All good. I'll get in touch with her. Thanks. And he did a, a laughing emoji. And I wrote back and I said, look at her profile and thank me later. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a matchmaker. And I said, so your type, am I right? I sent the photo and you, and you said, yes. And I said, six foot three, because I know that's important to you. Mm. And you said, hot. <laughs> I, said, I, said, I sent him in his bathers <laughs> and I said, bod, exclamation. <laughs> and you wrote back and said, yes, please. <laughs> And then you said, respond and tell him to add me on Instagram. <laughs> so Joe asked me to send this to him. You're too conventionally good looking for me, but my friend Joe would be into you. It's true though. Um, Your type is so different to mine. I know. And then I said like, should I? And you were like, yes, YOLO. And I was like, he's too good looking for me. Because I was a bit like, maybe I should go out yeah. with him. But then I, I really did think, and you said he's too polished for yeah, you. Yeah, wait, you'd be bored. And then, Joe, you wrote, we've crossed a weird line now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First it was you going on a date with the same guy I've been on a date with, and now it's you oh. handing me guys from him. I know. But I then said to you, don't say I don't look after you. And you said, you definitely do. And I said, I'm always on the lookout for a tall, classically good-looking man. Mm. And then you said, I'm always on the lookout for a slightly dishevelled nomad that looks like they want to live in Thailand and have dad bods. <laughs> yeah, your type's a little bit more niche. Mine's like, yeah, you know, someone that you can appreciate when you walk past them. Yours a little bit more refined. Like I'm not not into classically good looking. They just need to be classically handsome with like a bit of, you know, not not like clean shape and yeah. types, I guess. Yeah. You're not into a businessman. Anyway, what happened? Um, what happened with the guy? He then added me on Instagram, but that's as far as it's gone. And from what I can tell, he's got no, he's got no posts, which makes me think, is he a catfish? Zero posts? Yeah, zero, zero posts, posts, which is so weird. What about, have you looked at tagged photos? That's a really good tip. Yes. Yeah. Oh my I'm God. Sorry. Yes, have you I never am. Stalk- I'm looking at tagged. Have you never stalked no, someone I just, on Instagram I have, before? but I didn't think to do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Hot, hot? Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Joe, what is on today's episode? On today's episode, we are going to have cryotherapy at Alchemy Cryo. Uh, Matthew's actually coming along with us, so it's going to be a fun experience. We're not doing it naked. We're not doing naked. We're not naked, no. I think think you're in like bathers or something. 
but we can't take our mics in. So Matthew's going to be standing outside the door recording us. Uh, I don't handle the cold well, so I think this is going to be quite challenging for me. Um, and then we're also talking about going blonde with Byron Turnbull from Goldie in Sydney and, of course, our products we didn't know we needed. So Hannah and I have just arrived here at Alchemy Cryo in South Yarra and we have Alyssa here joining us to talk to us about why we're actually here. This was Hannah's idea. Um, we're both a little bit panicked. <laughs> I also don't really handle the cold very well, so I don't know. Like, I, I will shiver and my teeth will chatter in, like, 10 degrees. So how cold does this go, Alyssa? Uh, so there's definitely no need to panic. You will be fine. <laughs> um, so the pre-chamber that you'll spend 30 seconds in, that one's at around negative 60. And then the main chamber. <laughs> It gets a lot worse. <laughs> the main chamber is negative 110. Oh, my God. It's not as bad as it sounds, though, because you're in there for such a short period of time. It is, it's very manageable. It sounds a lot worse than what it is. Oh God, like, I was like, oh, like negative 10. In the morning. Yeah. <laughs> just, okay. just pretend it's negative 10. All right, yeah. See, Once you get to a certain temperature, you can't tell the difference. Sometimes <laughs> when I'm really cold, I try and tell myself, oh, it's a 40-degree day. I'm so hot. It's so I'm so hot. And I just convince myself of that and then I stop shivering. It's okay. all a mind game, Hannah. Okay. Um, so what are the benefits of cryotherapy? Uh, so I think some of the biggest benefits um, would be the reduction of inflammation. So it very much reduces inflammation in the body and in the joints. When it comes to skin as well, so it increases collagen production. Uh, and because of how cold it is, so when you go into the cryotherapy chamber, all of your blood vessels will um, constrict and so blood will get rushed to the center of the body as, I guess, a survival mechanism. So it will protect the vital organs. And then when you come out of the cryotherapy chamber, all of that blood that's gone to the core of the body, it's freshly oxygenated. It's had all the nutrients added back into it that then shoots out to the extremities of the body. And it basically flushes your entire system with fresh, fresh oxygenated blood. So, okay. Yeah. So who would not be able to do this? Um, Probably. So anyone that has a severe dislike of the cold would probably not like uh, it so okay. much. Okay. Well, I'll <laughs> see you later. <laughs> <laughs> when I say severe, I mean severe. Yeah. Um, Anyone with heart conditions probably wouldn't be great. So we get a wide array of people coming in here. So we'll get anything from professional athletes to grandparents in their 80s that will come and use it for arthritis or any okay. sort of joint conditions to everyday people that will just use it as well just to maintain their general vitality and health. So yeah, huge, huge um, broad range of people. Okay. And um, you said that you had a people that come, they take one look and they're like, no. Is that <laughs> um, I have had that happen twice uh, where the door has been opened and then the people have felt how cold it is and decided not to go oh, in. Oh, no, it will not be you. You're this. here now, you're committed and yeah. you're ready to go. I, can't. Can't, I can't necessarily commit to three minutes. I thought it was going to be 30 seconds. We might find that it goes quickly when it, we're in there. It does. The time actually goes very quickly. Um, and as I said before, I once people get in there, they will stay. The hardest part is actually getting in. So okay. I've never had anyone go in, <laughs> close the door, and then come out. So, so do you remember in New Zealand when I got into that lake? Yeah. That was like I think 11 or 12 degrees um, and it was like – knives on my skin it's completely different though no 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 so you can't compare it to cold water so cold water on the skin 
is quite painful. It almost is a stabbing feeling because it's a dry cold. So because it's electronically cooled air, it's it's a very different sensation. So dry cold on the skin, it doesn't have that same pain factor. That All right, that's <laughs> good to know. Negative 110 versus like 11. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's such a different sensation. What's the kind of temperature in Antarctica? Does anyone know? Surely not that cold. It wouldn't be that cold. Um, so with the three minutes, is that like scientifically proven to be like the yeah, number? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So any scientific studies that are done on the benefits of cryotherapy have always been done from around two and a half to three minutes. Okay. And that's where they found that the real health benefits actually okay. work. And anything more than that, you're dead. Not dead, hopefully. (laughs) There is a certain point where the body will start to go into hypothermia, which is obviously not beneficial for the system. So you want to get the benefits without actually pushing it beyond where it's going to be detrimental to your health. Cool. I'm shitting myself. Yeah. (laughs) My stomach. Do you know what? Pre-anxiety is a good thing. So when you get anxious, it will build yeah, up sweating. adrenaline and that will help you in okay. here. So the more adrenaline you have going in, the warmer your system will actually be. So people actually find the first time they go in to be easier than usually the second or third time. Okay. And Matthew's standing in the corner there. Like, <laughs> ready to film I saw us. the um, average wind temperature at the South Pole is negative Negative 49 at the South Pole. All right. So we're going in but double people that are in the South Pole. almost nude. They wouldn't be there for three minutes. They'd yeah, be there true. for a lot longer. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're ready to jump in because I just want to get this over and done with. Me too. <laughs> I know. Oh, but what if I feel like my organs are shutting down? They won't. I promise you. As I said, I promise you once you are in there, you'll stay in there. The likelihood of coming out and being two of you as well, it's kind of nice to have the distraction. Should we tell a story to each yeah. other? <laughs> So people usually go one of two ways as well. If people are on their own, they'll either go very internally, so they'll go yeah. into their own head and just sort of stand there, not really talking or doing anything. Yeah. Whereas if there's two people in there together, they'll usually sort of chat. I can take okay. out my date tonight. Oh, my God, exactly. yes. Yeah. Talk all about right. anything okay, cool. to distract yourself. Good. I've lost all thoughts. So. <laughs> And you feel amazing that. for your day. You get a really nice rush of adrenaline and norepinephrine okay. when you come out. So Great. you usually feel quite amazing for the rest of the day. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Let's, ah, do, let's it. do it. You go in first. Do I just open this door and just walk? Yep. Go for it. Oh, my God. 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 It's like, oh, this isn't that bad. And then you go like, oh, my God, this is f***ed. And then you go to like, oh, actually, this is all right. And then you go into shock and then you can't breathe. And then it's like, three, two, one. You're like, get out. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't. It does. It does. It got to a point where I thought, are we only like 10 seconds in and I haven't realized? Or it feels like being dunked in dry ice. That's yeah. the feeling. Because yeah. it's not. It's not wet, a wet, like, yeah. can I be honest, the lake, which was 11 degrees, was way more painful. Towards the end, or... I was struggling a bit. Yeah. I felt like I was short of breath. Yeah. But at, yeah. at the start, I was okay. But it was just towards the end, I started to go, I think I need to get out. So I think because of how cold it is, when you inhale air, the air particles almost expand. Yeah. And that's sort of cold when you inhale them. So yeah. that's why I think people can struggle to breathe a little bit more. Yeah. Or your breathing just feels a bit more laboured, like it's more effort. Yeah. So, yeah, it's completely normal. Let's do a nice bath. No, that's no. the next one. So today we're talking about the golden rules of going blonde with Byron Turnbull from Goldie in Sydney. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, guys. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for using your uh, spare lockdown time to join us today. Uh, we, we didn't fully plan that out, but it makes sense having a guest join us from Sydney. We know that you'd ra- much rather be doing hair. This is the next best thing, 100%. <laughs> so um, I wanted to start with what the most common mistake people make when they decide to go blonde is okay so this is one of the biggest questions i get asked all the time and it comes down to the technician that you choose so the hairdresser that you entrust to color your hair generally is going to like make or break the 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 smoothness of the transition of going blonde so Mm. i always say do your research listen to Google reviews, follow people's Instagrams, um, and then pick the technician that does work that you believe that you love and that does similar work to your hair and things that you can relate to. Um, but yeah, number one would be pick the right technician. Mm-hmm. Would the second thing mm-hmm. be people having unrealistic expectations? Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of that, but you know, that's kind of our job to um, set those expectations to be realistic mm-hmm. and to explain to the customer that things take time and they're a long journey and sometimes they can be an expensive journey too. So mm-hmm. um, as long as people are are okay to start the journey with you and that they're happy to do all the home hair care and they're happy to follow your instructions then are you happy to I'm happy to take anyone from dark to light as long as they're um, willing to follow the instructions kind of like the bible because mm-hmm. they they're mm-hmm. super important and Hannah you had a bad experience going blonde so this is a bit of a touchy Aww. subject for you I'm still I'm still getting over it like it's still yeah basically what happened was I went blonde and then I was dyeing my hair brown and then I went to the salon to do that and then lockdown happened and I had started box dyeing my hair and it's just ruined it like it's because it was going orange it was it was full orange in lockdown and I had to do something anyway I also filmed myself box dyeing my hair but anyway have you found since the pandemic started have you had a lot more color corrections coming through the salon like because of people like me you know even my you know, standout clients, my VIPs really thought that lockdown could be a great opportunity to try that color that they've always wanted to have and (laughs) go pink or blue because they're just in Zoom meetings and they can put the hair up. And unfortunately, what we were left with was this huge task. Every client was coming in with color correction and they'd only been slotted in for their usual uh, color time. So 
it was literally like it was like triage in surgery. It was like, okay, that person needs this and this person needs that. Mm. And it was totally like your normal 10-hour days turned into 16-hour days, 18-hour days because everyone came in with just completely different circumstances to what Mm. they had left the salon the last time in. And the problem that most people don't understand when you're um, doing home colour is that the the way that those colours are able to colour everyone's hair efficiently and quickly is that they're so strong. So mm. the the molecule that's inside those hair colours stain and they don't come out of the hair, sh- the hair shaft. So once they're in, they're basically impossible for us to move out. So it takes a long time to kind of get everyone back to yeah what I found is that um correcting the color like I went and went and got foils put in and it doesn't last like my hair just goes like orange again like it's been an absolute that one decision to go blonde has just really um how long has it been Joe? 18 months oh probably longer yeah no it's been really hard to recover it was the box dyeing did not help yeah I'll tell you that I, the, the box dye definitely <laughs> contributed <laughs> she was loving it at the time you live <laughs> and you learn and and think every single lockdown like i I'm not looking forward to coming out of this lockdown because I've already been sent photos of people's hair. Oh, no. You'll have some box dye jobs for sure, won't you? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And the thing that people don't realise is that if you box dye your hair and it takes three sessions to remove that box dye, that's three sessions of colour. And they don't think about the the price and the cost of that and the, mm. the colorist time. Um, mm. So it can be a 15-minute decision of, that's it, I've had enough of this regrowth, I'm going to color my hair dark or I'm going to color my hair light with home box color. And it's yeah. months of, of work in the salon to kind of get your hair back to where it was. Mm. Yeah. So for all those people that are thinking about coloring their hair at home, my advice is just wait it out. And we will fix it Mm. when we get out of lockdown. Um, So what are the biggest pitfalls of going blonde for anyone who's thinking about it? I think everyone can go to some extent blonde or definitely have lighter pieces going through the hair. Like if you're talking about girls that have really dark natural hair, like we can definitely put colour through your hair. But I always say the colour always looks best when it's like three to four or five shades different to your natural color like if you're going from like black to platinum blonde you need to ask yourself you know do you think that that's going to to suit you and are you willing to have the six-week upkeep are you willing to use all the professional products so there are a lot of ways to color um brunette girls and make them lighter through the ends like you've seen before how you've now gone into a balayage look those things are a lot more um low maintenance and you can still create a really beautiful color result but it's not necessarily giving you that um high impact blonde or that also in the other side of that the blonde that you have to have done every six weeks Mm -hmm. um but for girls that are naturally light you can go as light as you want it just depends on whether or not you want to be that golden like kate hudson natural fitness blonde or you want to be that Carla Delevingne, like platinum on scalp bleach, which is super high maintenance. And um, I don't think that people really, really 
understand how high maintenance being platinum blonde is Uh, Mm. and you know just making sure that you um are using like treatments before you have your hair colored that are going to um build the strength and make your hair the strongest it can be before we start coloring it and if you're using great hair care at home that's recommended from your technician you should be fine the only other thing that I really see often is fake tan in hairlines and that can be a little bit problematic to <laughs> to remove. <laughs> so I know for me, um, I wish I knew, I wish I'd been able to speak to you first. Blonde did not suit me um, or my like, you know, my skin color, like everything. It didn't really suit. Can blonde, do you think like who does it suit and who doesn't it suit? Are there some people that should avoid lighter tones and sort of how – How do you know what shade of blonde suits you? Yes. Okay. So that's a really great question. I think that it definitely comes down to, again, speaking to the right technician. But if you would, if I was just to give you a little bit of a, um, a breakdown, I would say girls with really fair skin and naturally light hair can go to that really icy platinum blonde and it can suit them. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love girls that have that really pe- uh, pale complexion that color their eyebrows and eyelashes really dark. I think that's a really cool look. But if I was with my own coloring, I'm a little bit pale with a bit more of like a warmth in my skin tone, then you'd probably want to go to like that Kate Hudson, like natural blonde looking color. But if you are a brunette and like what's growing out of your hair is really dark, then I would definitely move into like more of the balayage looks, Mm. which still can take a few sessions to get it to exactly the same color or placement that you want. But it's not the high maintenance stuff that's, you know, every six week appointment situation. But I love color to look more warm and more lived in and more natural, like the sun has done it versus a hair color it's not only the roots it's the breakage yeah. like i've i've got friends with really really um platinum blonde hair and it's just a struggle to keep it from breaking yeah it. well you've got to imagine when you've taken out all of the color you've also stripped out all of the hair shaft all of the stuff that makes the, the hair strong and um that doesn't break we've, we've removed all of that with color so that's how you get the pale color look you know the on scalp bleach look mm. so you have to treat it like it's going to break which is why you need to be using your things like olaplex and the right shampoos and conditioners and like even just like little things like not going to bed with your hair wet because mm-hmm. your hair is when your mm-hmm. hair is the weakest when it's wet and if you sleep on it and you you know you're a rough sleeper like i am you can actually cause a lot of breakage in your sleep without even doing anything just because mm. you've gone to bed with your hair wet. Get yourself a silk mm. pillowcase and oh, go to bed with dry hair. I loved what you said <laughs> earlier about the um, warmer tones and steering away from cool tones because, Hannah, I remember when you went blonde and your hair was, like, so cool. And I remember going through a stage of, like, when I would have my hair lightened and I would have foils, I'd say to my hairdresser, I don't want it warm. I don't want any warmth in it. I just want it really icy and like cool toned. And I remember at the time they're like, no, it's going to complement your skin better if like we do it a little bit warmer. And as I've gotten older and hairdressers have insisted more on like adding more warmth into when I do lighten my hair, I now understand why because it does look so much better Mm. on my skin because I am fairer. 
Um, so I think the model, moral of the story, always trust your hairdresser. They know what they're yeah. doing. <laughs> um, now onto the treatments or products that you recommend after a lightening session to restore hair health. You mentioned Olaplex. Are there any other products that you often send home with your clients after they've gone significantly lighter with their hair? Anything that you swear by? Sure. So there's a couple of things. Um, just want to backtrack a little bit. Because when you are lightening hair, Olaplex comes as a bonding system. So one of the most important parts of Olaplex is the stuff that are you actually, um, the ingredient that you add to color. So whilst you're coloring hair, that product essentially is going through and creating the bonds and stopping the bonds from breaking while it's being lightened. So mm -hmm. that ingredient in color for me is probably the most important part of the lightning service is the add-on service of the Olaplex um, ingredient. Some people are really hesitant for colorists to use that because I feel like they just feel like the colorist is just adding on services to make everything more expensive. But mm. that that is an add-on service that's kind of like your traveler's insurance if you're going overseas it's it's that's, yeah. it's the thing that makes sure that you're not going to break have your hair broken from just going lighter it also leaves the hair in such good condition i always talk about that in my consultations because i very rarely will color hair or even lightening hair without olaplex inside the color mm -hmm. um if the hair is super weak, then I always start them off with a protein shampoo and conditioner, which is basically, you know, the first, you know, the old school science of hair is that your hair is, is when it's weakened, you need protein to strengthen it. When it's uh, losing shine, you need moisture to make it shiny. So the first thing is a protein balanced shampoo and conditioner. So you could do uh, like you say, you could say your Olaplex shampoo and conditioner at first, mm -hmm. but if you are lacking, you know, if you have that kind of tangly hair that's needing a little bit more moisture, that takes a lot to take the knots out, then using Olaplex shampoo and conditioner is probably not going to be the best thing for you. So then I would probably go off and then use my favorite shampoo is the Gold Lust uh, shampoo by Orbe. Oh, um, we were talking about that recently. That's mm, what I'm using at the moment. Mm. Oh, it's heaven. <laughs> I feel shiny. I feel rejuvenated, but I also love my virtue still. Uh, virtue is amazing. I, mm. I, I love virtue, but I'm definitely um, an Orbe lover. Yeah. Um, and then I would just to finish that off there, um, I would either go to the Orbe Gold Lust mask as a conditioner or mm -hmm. the deep moisture mask um, in Orbe again. That comes in this super amazing green tub that looks like Tom Ford has made it mm. so beautiful. It looks amazing <laughs> in a shower. Yeah. Yeah. I would start with a protein shampoo. And then once the hair is kind of back to being um, relatively healthy after the lightning services, then I would go to then like the moisture shampoo. But yeah, for the girls that are trying to go lighter and lightening their hair quickly, Olaplex ingredient that goes into color is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. I will I will say that Olaplex when I was lightening my hair, I was on like a very strict Olaplex routine before and after. I didn't really experience any hair breakage. Mm. It was quite amazing. It was pretty phenomenal. Even though I didn't suit blonde, it was like I couldn't believe that it didn't all break off. Yeah. It's a game changer and it came into our industry maybe six or seven years ago and it's just allowed us to do major color transformations without worrying about breakage. 
And、mm. as a colorist, that for me is the scariest thing: is breaking someone's hair. So yes, yeah, it's the traveler's insurance, which is super important to have. Have you ever had anyone <laughs> like fully their hair's broken off at like the roots when you've dyed their hair blonde? It hasn't happened to me, but I have been.、Um, In America, educating, and one of the models came in, and just throughout the consultation, I was kind of like, "And what what products are you using at home? What's your experience like with color?" And I could just tell that there was quite a lot of breakage from like the mid bands to the ends,、mm-hmm. which I was kind of concerned about. And it was almost broken on bits that hadn't been colored.、Oh, and、no. so, but she was a really like. Top model. We needed to use her. She'd been booked for the job, and so we went ahead and we started the lightning service. And her hair started to smoke. No, like, no, no. Like I, I am a hundred percent serious. As soon as the foils、oh. went in, yeah, smoke started coming out of the foil. And there was a few of us educating on that day, and we were like. Oh my god, what's going on with her hair? So we opened up the foil, and it like basically just blew, basically blew up. And you have to essentially what you do is you you rinse all the color off. You don't. It doesn't matter what the color looks like. You rinse it off.、Um, so what had actually happened is that she'd been using supermarket shampoos and coating、oh. her hair in silica. And all those bad ingredients that make your hair feel super shiny and super soft, they actually coat the hair. And when you put bleach on top of that, there can be like a chemical reaction, and it starts to smoke and break down the hair quicker than you know. And and、wow. it was a pretty horrible experience to be a part of,、um, but、mm. it was scary enough to. It's always in my、mm. consultations now about what、yeah. product you're using at home, and、mm. yeah. and a lot of people they try and hide it, and it's kind of like when you go to the doctor and you're like,、mm. no,、yeah. I need to know exactly what you're using because it will determine <laughs> what we do. Um, and speaking of at home, do you have any toning tips for keeping blonde hair looking really fresh? Yeah. Okay. So there's、um, two products that I love to t-、um, to send my clients home with. There's a product that we use in the salon. It's called、uh, Evo Fabuloso. So、mm-hmm. it's、mm. a direct dye that we make up from、um, the primary color wheel. So we basically After we've coloured your hair, we then go to the back bar and mix up a personalised at-home colour for you. So you put it in your hair once a week, and it keeps the tone from fading, which is really amazing. A lot of my clients take those home, and then、um, if you're a real platinum blonde, then I send my clients home with、um, a product called Baby Blonde by Christophe Robin, which mm. Um, mm. makes the hair super bright, super light. And baby-like, like its name,、mm-hmm. um, and、mm-hmm. it doesn't make the hair dull. Whilst it keeps all the yellow out, it's stunning and it's so God, nice. I love Christopher Barnes as well. <laughs> <laughs> he's a really nice guy too. Like I've done a few、mm-hmm. education seminars with him, and、um, he's. We've、lovely. also met Christopher Barnes. What did、yeah. he say to you? How nice he? <laughs> he told Anna her hair was green. <laughs> yes, I think he did. Thanks, Christopher.、Yeah. No, lovely I guy. I wouldn't expect anything. <laughs> 
wouldn't expect anything less from him. I don't. I don't care. It doesn't bother me at yeah. all. I'm used to it. I I I work with Joe every day. <laughs> Joe told me when she first met me, I had dead hair and I needed to cut it all off, which was true. It was the best thing you ever did. Let's be honest. Um, well, that's all we have time for with Going Blonde. So if you do have any other questions about Going Blonde, feel free to send them through to us or you can find uh, Byron Turnbull on Instagram and at Goldie Salon in Sydney. Hopefully you'll be reopened soon, fingers crossed. Oh, fingers crossed it doesn't go on for too much longer. But um, thanks, guys, for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm sure we'll see each other soon. My product is a candle. My housemate um, does not like candles, which I just think is outrageous. Who doesn't like candles? Uh, but traditionally, glasshouse candles have given her a migraine. So we know glasshouse ah. is notoriously quite sweet and full on with their fragrances. Uh, but this particular mm-hmm. candle, she said to me last night, I love this candle. And I was like, wow, okay. So I love this candle as well, but I didn't expect her to say it. It's the Sacred Heart Candle, so it's one of their new ones, and it's incense and woody myrrh, which I'm sure most of our audience would know that's the kind of vibe that I like. One of the things Mm -hmm. I do really like about it, though, is that it's in this, like, ceramic white embossed vessel, and it just looks really beautiful. It doesn't look like your traditional glasshouse candle in the, you know, like, glass jar. Um, It's very bougie, and it looks really nice as like a decor item as well. But it is incense, pink pepper, myrrh, tonka bean, cedarwood, amber, and vanilla. And for anyone who went to a Catholic school growing up, it smells <laughs> like church, but in the best way. Like it is, it's so nice. It just smells like you have incense burning, but without the smokiness. So um, mm-hmm. I really, really like it. It honestly just does smell exactly like incense. Can't fault it. But it's also quite understated. It's not as full on um, it doesn't hit you in the face when you walk in the room like a lot of glasshouse candles do. So your roommate doesn't mind it? Yeah, so she's happy with it because it doesn't overwhelm her senses. And when we have it in like our living room, it just doesn't, you can smell it, but it's not, yeah, you don't feel like you're eating it, which can be the case with some other um, glasshouse fragrances, which I like because I like to be able to sniff a candle. Like if I've got one lit, I want to be able to smell it. But some people prefer a bit more of an understated scent, which this one definitely has. Um, so that's mine. What is yours? Uh, now I wish I'd also picked a candle, but I'm not. I'm actually mm. going to talk about the Laneige Lip Sleeping Mask, which I think I've already done, mm-hmm. but they have you a have. new gummy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but I'm going to do it again Okay. because they have this new gummy bear flavor and I yes. can't describe to you. It's like they, That sold out so quickly. It's back in stock, guys. Yeah. So um, the Lip Sleeping Mask is like my absolute hands down. Like, yes. I do love my Lano, but this has definitely overtaken the Lano. Mm-hmm. How would you describe the texture? It's like a very, I know it's a lip sleeping mask, like you're meant to wear it overnight, but I just wear it all the time. It's very buttery, I would say. Kind of like a gloss almost, but mm. not sticky, like mm. a non-sticky gloss. Um, it's really good for dry lips. Like I always have dry lips because I don't drink enough water. Mm. It like really makes your lips super soft. I wear it all day and then I wear it overnight as well. The reason I love this one so much is it's like gummy bear. It's so weird, isn't it? it have you tried it? Oh, I've not tried it, no. Yeah, it's like it's like putting gummy bears on your lips. Oh. It's really nice. And I use both the lip sleeping mask, but they've also got – what's the other – 
They've got the lip sleeping mask, which is in a jar, and then yeah. I keep that one. That one's beside my bed. And they've got one in a tube, don't they? Yeah, the lip glowy balm in gummy bed. That one's in my handbag, and then the lips, the the sleeping mask is beside my bed. Mm-hmm. It's the best. I love it. If you haven't tried the lip sleeping mask before, I don't. Do you? You don't like it though. It's not your vibe. It's just not. My lips are just so fussy that it just doesn't hydrate okay. mine enough. It's either Lano or nothing. For me. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's like a very cult product. People really love it. And the fact that you don't love it is concerning. But I know. Okay. I'm sorry, but <sighs> someone's got to have an opposing opinion. I did I give my jar. I gave my jar to my sister-in-law and she said she likes it. So the other one that's really nice, I think the one that I spoke about was vanilla because the vanilla one's really I nice. Love but I love the would... smell of the vanilla one. Like I tried it. I was like, this smells beautiful, feels beautiful. But in terms of like hydration, because my lips are so dry, it just wasn't mm-hmm. enough. For me, unfortunately. Um, this is also limited edition. So um, get onto it, guys. I would run because mm. it sold out. It's back in stock, but it did sell out really quickly when it launched. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, for any of you who haven't already seen or heard, uh, we do have a new podcast that is going to be running alongside Beauty IQ Uncensored. Don't worry, we're not going anywhere. It is called Bite Sized Beauty. And the first series that's sitting on there is actually After Dark with Hannah and Sam. Um, Hannah, you've got some great guests lined up, lots of sex content. Sexy content. Love mm. it. I, every time we do this series, because we've done it before, I go crazy on the con- the sex content. Like you I've do. I've been listening to Juliet Allen. I've been listening to her podcast. I'm listening to an audio book, Come As You Are. Like I really get right into the mm like research, the sex research. You know your assignment and you stick to it. I respect that. I'm not not necessarily like, what's the word? Like I'm not necessarily doing it, but I'm definitely getting intellectual about it. Like Mm -hmm. it's an intellectual interest at the moment. Yes. I've been reading way too many articles about the clitoris. Okay. Well, that's good information to know. You've got to know these things. Medical journal articles about how complicated it actually is. Yeah. Yeah. So please come and listen, um, Bite Size Beauty. There's lots of other series uh, in the works as well. So the best thing about Bite Size Beauty is that we feature a new series every few weeks. So every series will run from four to eight weeks. Uh, So there's so many different topics that are coming and we're really, really excited to um, deliver that content to you. So if there's anything in particular you want us to deep dive on, uh, send us a DM at Adore Beauty and we can definitely put that on our suggestion list. Uh, but yeah, make sure you go and subscribe. It's on Apple, Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks everyone for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Bye.